I entered the Cutco scene in 91 is really just a trial basis to see if I could get out of my comfort zone. What you're doing is you're raising people up and developing them. And what that does is leverage your time and theirs. And it gives them the propensity to raise people up under them. Right now, I'd speak to any kid in America that is either shy, introverted. Now, I just encourage them to get into the program. It served me very well. I love to mine the golden people. And really, this is what came from my vector management training, seeing the potential in people and meeting people where they're at, but not leaving them there. Helping them move forward to get unstuck, to become everything that they were created for and to really live their best life. Lori and Fred Snyder both sold Cutco and have gone on to highly successful lives and careers after their experience with Vector Marketing. Lori advanced to district manager and even served as sales promotion manager for the Midwest region. Now she's a coach and speaker who runs a faith-based podcast called Created to Thrive. Fred's short experience selling Cutco was truly transformative and provided him with the tools and confidence to build a lucrative career in the home building industry, where he currently serves as the vice president at a $2 billion company. Together, they have raised two boys and built a great life, and their son Ryan is even selling Cutco now. You're about to hear from two of the most genuine, kind-hearted people we've featured on this podcast, both of whom have a wealth of knowledge and wisdom to share. I want to thank Mike Abramowitz for making this introduction, and I'm proud to share with you today the insights and inspiration of Lori and Fred Snyder. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I feel very fortunate today to be with Lori and Fred Snyder. I'm very excited about this conversation we're going to have. They both sold Cutco back in the late 1980s, early 1990s. Lori advanced as far as becoming a district manager with the company. She had a very successful sales career after that. And now she's into coaching, speaking, and podcasting. Her podcast is called Created to Thrive. Fred sold Cutco for a very short time, but it was a transformative experience for him, which has led him to an extremely successful career where he is now an executive at Artisan Design Group, which is a multi-billion dollar company in the home building industry. Also, I should note, Lori and Fred's son, Ryan, is now selling Cutco in the uh, St. Petersburg, Florida area as well. 
So we have a lot to talk about today. I'm really excited about this conversation. Lori and Fred, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Dan, for having us. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Pleasure. Yes. Grateful for you making the time. Uh, Lori, let's start with you. Take us back to when you first started selling Cutco. It was 1987, right? Feeling a little old here, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too, Lori. Don't worry. Yeah, I had just completed my freshman year at Central Michigan University, and I was on scholarship for uh, track and field. The Chippewas. Yeah, exactly. higher up chips. <laughs> so I wanted something different for that summer. I was very shy, but I was an achiever. And I needed something flexible that would be able to work around my track and field uh, or, you know, my workouts and everything. So I took a summer job and I remember coming home and telling my parents, I was so excited that I'm going to sell knives. And they thought I was crazy. My dad looked at me and he said, you're not going to make any money selling knives. And that fired me up, fire up chips. So I said, you watch. And I went out and sold $3,000 that weekend. Just <laughs> and back in 1987, that was a lot of money. Then. Nice. And so, yeah, and then went on to be the top rep for uh, my office in Lansing, Michigan that summer, and was excited to really be with a company that really helped support my goals and achievements and was flexible enough that even though I was in track and field during college, I still had the flexibility to be able to work around and sell and make money on my schedule. Excellent. And you were in the same organization with, check out this list if you know anything about Cutco history, Tim McCready, Patty Stark, Jeff Kunkel, Joe Cardillo, Amar Dave, and your division manager was Brian Pentecost, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun group. That's for sure. What an amazing group. What are some stories you remember about those early days? Well, going into people's houses and uh, always telling the stories about cutting the rope, cutting the penny, cutting up food for people and just the fun interactive, but really was the people when we would get together, especially with the peer group, with having those connections and just having so much fun and being supportive and successful together. So it was life-changing, winning cruises and the different things of, of winning the prizes and the different events was was really life-changing. Yeah. And and what do you feel were some of the foundational skills that you developed that have helped you ever since? Well, one, I was very shy. So I had a really hard time talking to people. One-on-one, -on -one, I was okay. But in a group setting, it was very challenging. So Cutco gave me the opportunity to develop my interpersonal skills. So I was more confident, really learning how to overcome objections, which would later on, you know, propel me in my sales career and making cold calls to people, you know, the strangers that was always intimidating of trying to reach out to people that you didn't know. And really just, I was a hurdler in college in track and field. And so learning a different type of hurdle to overcome with Cutco was great. Mm, excellent. And do you have any, any stories about any of the, uh, hall of fame, Cutco people that you had a chance to work with during those days? None that I can really share. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll just tell you this one. Uh, Patty Stark was my trainer. So she trained me. And so I was there at the genesis of her and Tim starting to date. And then, you know, eventually they got married. So I will say that when we got married, 
the gift that I wanted, and I told Amar, I said, the gift I want all of you to get me are the Cutco pots, uh, pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, still we have got, them to this day, and we, we love them. It's just amazing. So, yeah, yeah. On, so. yeah, we've been married almost, it'll be 30 years this next year. month. So yeah. uh, we've been using the, that was my Cutco pans was what I wanted the wedding gift from all of the managers and everything. So. <laughs> and did you guys meet specifically in the business, or did you already know each other? No, we already knew each other. Okay. That's cool. We actually we were both visiting Central Michigan. We're both Central Michigan grads, and we were both visiting the school after we graduated and on a weekend, and we met. So it was kind of neat. Okay, nice. And so after you started, Lori, did you recommend to Fred that he come and get the job and work with us? Yeah, we had gotten married. And so I was a sales promotion manager at the time. So I'd moved back to, I was a district manager out in the Pittsburgh area and then had moved back to Michigan to be the sales promotion manager for the Midwest zone. And we had met and then got married. And at the time he, the home building industry and everything, it was just really difficult with jobs and so forth. So I suggested to him that he sell knives. Nice. That was a stretch by the way. That was a <laughs> massive stretch for me. See, my background was I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Michigan on a country farm. And I mean, I think I graduated with 40, 45 kids in my class. <laughs> Lori, I was, I was shy, scared of my own shadow. I mean, speaking to people is one thing, but you know, group setting one-on-one, the sales role. I mean, that, I just, that, that was a major hurdle for me. And before I start entered into the Cutco situation, I was out framing houses and building houses. And that was my trade, my trade. Oh, did I want to do something more? Absolutely. But I really didn't know what the avenue or what the vehicle was to actually go to a different level. After all, I just didn't have that background most other kids have. You know, I I came from very small beginnings, very rural upbringing, and was a leap of faith. And I think Lori came home and dropped this this article in front of me that said, getting out of your comfort zone. Well, I read it. I didn't know whether to kiss her or, or yell at her at the time. I mean, it was very challenging for me personally. So I entered the Cutco scene in 91 as a really just a trial basis to see if, see if I could get out of my comfort zone and do something different and something that was beyond me. And, and I'm telling you, I would speak to my kids. I, I, right now, I'd speak to any kid in America that is either shy, introverted, doesn't have very little confidence in the ability to do something that's beyond their self. And I would just encourage them, get into the program because you'd be with the management teams and the training and the people supporting you. It's amazing what an what a introverted kid from Vesterbridge, Michigan can actually turn into if they engage and move in the right direction. It's so great that you say that. I really appreciate it, Fred. I relate completely to what you said about being scared about this when I started. And I've told this to many people and it's, you know, those of you who listen to the podcast have probably heard me say this a bunch of times. I was in my interview and at the end of my interview, you know, I saw how everything worked here and it was pretty cool. I liked the product and everything. And then at the end of the interview, I was waiting for the manager to talk to me. And I was probably the youngest person in the room. I was 17 years old at the time, just out of high school. And I sat there waiting for what seemed like 30 or 45 minutes. During that time, I initially thought, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But then as I sat there thinking about it for 30 or 45 minutes, that thought turned into, you know, I really should do this. This is exactly what I need to do. Because I, like you, felt like I was shy, introverted. My communication skills were null and void. And, you know, I needed something like this to be able to come out of my comfort zone and learn 
precisely the things that I needed to know to be successful in the real world. So very much relate. It's life changing and you get it. Everybody is presented with an opportunity to fight or flight situation. And I just encourage kids to fight and Vector gave me a vehicle or Cutco gave me a vehicle to step into something and fight. And, And I'm very grateful for that experience. Yeah. What do you feel like you most gained during the, the time you were selling Cutco? Oh, by far confidence. Not only confidence, but a self-revelation of that I actually do something beyond what I thought I could do. Those two things in combination with, again, with a vehicle to actually go out and do something and, and, and see the results that are not, not just arbitrary, but they're actually concrete, measurable results was a total changer for me. I love that you use the word self-revelation right there. Like that's so powerful for anybody to think about, right? That working in a job like this reveals so much about you. It reveals a lot of the things that you're capable of. It also reveals a lot of the areas of opportunity that you sort of have to shore up in order to be able to be successful in life down the road. I think that's one of the great things about working here is it does have that revelation aspect to it. And you've thrived in your career. You've been highly, highly successful for many years. And what do you feel like are some of the reasons why you thrive that were based on what you learned from Cutco? Well, it's just a series of building blocks. And once you prove to yourself and you establish in your mind, in your mindset that you can achieve great heights and all it takes is a discipline, a business acumen and a work ethic, all things are possible. And one of the things that I, I learned early on watching the Cutco teams come together, I really wasn't part of that culture like Lori was, but I've seen how those teams encouraged each other. And I see how those teams helped each other and lifted each other up. And I've applied those principles throughout my career from company to company. And it's just been nothing but powerful. And, and, and it's such a great positive experience to learn as a young person in your development of your business acumen to be a builder versus somebody who breaks down. And, and I look at some of the, the, the people that you named off that list and I've spent some time with them with Laura and they're just also positive and they're also, and they're great human, the builders of human beings and great people that whether they stay in, in Cutco or move on to different fields, they set a very positive and impactful direction for people for the positive. And and that's what I learned mostly from Cutco and how I transitioned that over into my career. Yeah. Excellent. Great to hear. Thank you guys for sharing that. So later on, you moved to St. Louis. And when you were there, Laura, you were able to get a job in sales with a contact lens manufacturer. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that and your experience there. Yeah, that's a fun story. So I, before I tell you that real quick, I will tell you that this is what Vector did or Cutco did to help me prepare to make that move. Because I graduated a month early from college to go move out to the Pittsburgh area to have a branch and then become a district, it prepared me for the next many moves because I've moved over 20 years or 20 times in 30 years. So Cutco really helped me give me that confidence to go to a place that I knew nobody. I knew how to start over and make something successful because of my vector experience. Mm. So when we moved to St. Louis, we did because Fred got a job transfer. The company he was working for was acquired by a company in St. Louis. So we made the move to St. Louis. So I needed to find a job. And as I was looking for a job, it was 
difficult to find one, a culture that I was used to because Cutco is such a, a people building business. And then also just the opportunity to be able to use my skills in advance. But I interviewed for a contact lens manufacturer and they did not hire anybody in a sales professional role that was outside of the industry. I had no medical background or knowledge. And I remember sitting with the, I made it to the vice president interview and he looked at me and he said, if you can sell knives door to door, you can do this job. (laughs) (laughs) now granted we didn't sell door to door but that was what he had said he had enough confidence knowing that my track record and so um everyone was shocked when i came into this company and they were very competitive and they were just the naysayers kind of like my dad saying you're not going to be successful and i made president's club the very first year and then my second year i was sales rep of the year out of the entire company Wow. Awesome. Yeah. President's club winner all the time. And we went on fun trips to Hawaii and, you know, all the different things. So that's the confidence that I got from selling Cutco and the vector program and the management training program, people like Tim and Patty Amar and the various Joe Cardillo and all of those that really gave me that solid support, knowing that people were for me that no matter where I was or what I was doing, I could pick up a phone call and say, help me with this process. Even though it had nothing to do with Cutco, it was just having that peer group and and knowing that I had a supportive uh, friendship no matter what. Excellent. You can see the pattern here. Just tell Lori she can't do something. Yeah, they, she's gone. She's gone. Yeah, they they said I couldn't get pregnant, and I have twins. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And you feel you found a snippet of the Cutco Vector culture there at uh, the contact lens manufacturer. Yeah, it, you know, obviously it wasn't the same, but that was at least there was some. I had a great manager, and he really saw the potential in me, and really helped me thrive. And that's where really having the skills and I was in, I had five states in my territory. So I traveled all over. And again, I was new to St. Louis. So it's not like I knew anybody. I went all the way down to Memphis. And so really just had to constantly start over. And that was the beautiful management training that I had from Cutco was that, or Vector was that I knew how to start something from nothing and build a great relationship with my clients as well as manage a territory and know how to help people. It was really a win-win situation. I helped these optometry and ophthalmology practices build their business, not just selling contacts. It was about taking that business structure and helping them and that relationship aspect. So then that helped me win as well. Excellent. Very cool to hear. And I understand that during this time, you even developed a training program for the company's field reps, which in many ways was sort of patterned after things you learned from your vector sales and management experience. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I had a manager that was not micromanaging me and allowed me to have that flexibility, I saw areas of improvement. And so he gave me the leeway to develop a program. And so I had uh, several salespeople underneath me, and then they took that program. I had, we had moved to Denver shortly 
thereafter. So I did that program for about eight months or so. And then we moved to Denver and I switched contact lens manufacturing company. So I wasn't around to see the fruition of all of that, but yeah. So I used the, the skills from what I learned with the, the vector management and applied it. And again, it all comes down to if you help people, then you get what you want. You help enough people get what they want. You get what you want. So, yeah. Yeah. We all learned that from Zig Ziglar uh, back in the day. Yeah. It's a great one. I really appreciate that there there were so many parallels between what you learned as a vector sales rep and manager and then being able to take that to other places. And also that you found at least a snippet of the vector culture elsewhere. I always encourage everybody that I know that you know leaves vector, right, to look for something that has some of the seeds of the same culture. Figure out what it is you really liked most about Vector Cutco and find a place that at least has some of those things. Because a lot of people they, they don't they don't have that and they miss that. A lot of the kids that worked with me many years ago, when I'm asking them how they're doing, they're like, ah, it's not like it was there, you know, and that they don't feel that same thing. So, and if you don't have that, maybe you can create that wherever you are. But uh, it's cool that uh, you've had a little bit of that as well during your experience. Yeah. And I've had it also where I didn't have that culture. So I, I even value it even more because I know what it's like not to have the vector culture. And it's really sad because the company really is missing out on helping people reach their full potential. Yeah, I know. That, that definitely uh, is the case in a lot of places. So Fred, during this same time, you worked your way up to become the vice president or a vice president at your company. Tell us a little bit about your path of advancement. Well, when we moved to St. Louis, Missouri, just have to go back and start there. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. I, I just got to let the, everybody know that uh, we built a fir- our first house. We designed it and built it, stayed in it one night and moved to St. Louis. So it took Lori a little bit to get over that. <laughs> We never lived in it. We were still in the process. We stayed in it one night. We finished up doing some trim work, and then we were off to St. Louis. So that took a few years. That was that hurt. That was a stink. Now for me, it was pretty easy because I like building houses. But for Lori, that was a that was a tough one. So same thing goes around. And you know, Lori Lori mentioned that you you look for those same types of culture. Very difficult to get to the same type of culture as Cutco and Vector at that point. But you know, I just I just like to say you can you can bring an attitude of the culture with you no matter what you've where you go. You can bring a positive impact, you can bring positive to people, you can be a team builder, you can raise people up, you can do those things that they teach you within your organization. You could take that with you. Doesn't matter what the company culture, don't let that dissuade you. But I think that is one of the key differences of of how I progressed versus probably anybody else in the business. I don't change. I'm very positive. It's helped me get go from a, a sales rep position in the home building industry to a vice president carrying that same attitude with an integrity, a purpose, a sales acumen, a business acumen, and even more importantly, the same attitude of raising people and helping people at the same time. You put all that together, good things happen. And I'll take that all the way back to when I first started with the company and seeing Lori's associates and the and the Cutco associates get together. And, and, and really, that's a foundational, it's a great place to start. But that really is the sum of, of how I was able to advance. In addition to that is, is what Cutco teaches really well is get to know the product. And in our industry, the more understanding you have of product, its uses, Lori mentioned earlier about overcoming objections. And really putting the customer first is really what helped me get to the point of where I'm at today. 
Mm. Connect the dots a bit for us from the this you know relatively early part of your career to what you're doing now uh, with the uh, Artisan Design Group. Well, the early part of my career when Lori got me in the Cutco, I was pounding nails with hammers in the fields, building pole barns in, in the wintertime. And now, you know, then the course of moving into a sales role, then moving into a sales management role, then an operations role, and now an, uh, an executive of sales in a, a $2 billion company. Um, those are really, it was really just a progression of combining sales business acumen with an understanding of the business and being positive. So uh, a lot of hard work, nothing's easy. It's a strong determination in uh, having to deal with rejection, having to deal with disappointment, having to overcome objections, all those, all the things that nobody really wants to go through. But what it does is it helps you develop, the more you go through it, the more callous, mental callous you have, I like to call it, and the more fortitude you establish in, in your thinking and in your in the way you view yourself, and the more capable you are to stepping into these type of roles. Mm, exactly. What is a little bit more of your day-to-day responsibilities that you have now? Well, I oversee sales for the company for the whole U.S. I handle all the major national contracts for the, all the production home builders throughout the country. Many people probably hear like a Lennar, a DR Horton, a KB, some of your massive productions. You go down the road, you see a Richmond American sign or a, or a Lennar. I manage those contracts and those relationships at the executive level and handle all, all, all sales um, all the way down to the local divisional level. Mm. And can you share a leadership philosophy or two that you feel like are important to you? Trust your people and empower your people Number, what is, is probably the most. Give them room to make mistakes. And um, don't make the same mistake three times. <laughs> so those are just a few. And, and, I, and I don't I say that jokingly, but it, you have to give people the power, the opportunity to solve the problem. You have to give people an opportunity to make mistakes. And that's actually healthy. You have to trust your people to do that. And it, you, you take them through the progression and the diagnostic of what happened the diagnostics are one of the greatest skills in business if people could learn how to use them and exercise them. And, you know, you do that when you're selling knives, actually, or you're selling Cutco or you're selling any product. One of the great lessons I learned from, from doing it in a brief period of time is I created a diagnostic skill set of learning what went wrong, how could I have done something better. And I developed that skill and used that skill all the way through. But allow people to develop that by making decisions on their own solving problems, fixing problems, and helping them along the way. Excellent philosophies. Just the idea of empowering people, trusting them, knowing that that's going to result in some mistakes. But then when you bring in that diagnostic skills piece, they're able to figure out what was working, what's not, try to correct it. Maybe some of them will make the same mistake a second time. But I like what you said about don't make the same mistake three times. That's a really good lesson. Um, I was just talking with my eight-year-old daughter about this just the other day because I've observed her make a similar mistake several times. And I said, I tried to put it in really simple terms. And I learned a lesson when I was really young in my Cutco Vector career where somebody said, do more of what works and do less of what doesn't. (laughs) And I just thought that was a really simple way of putting it to think about, right? As you're diagnosing how things are going in your life or in your business, right? What's working, what's not. And let's do more of the things that are working and less of what doesn't and try to be learning from all of our experiences. 
Dan, I'll just you know, one last uh, comment on that whole thing is what you're doing is you're raising people up and developing them. And what that does is leverage your time and theirs. And it gives them the propensity to raise people up under them. So that trust level is really critical. If you micromanage and you don't allow them opportunity, they will not in turn do it to people underneath them. So I look at it as a leveraging relationship, leveraging acumen, re-leveraging to get really to free your time up. And it served me very well. Boy, it's so powerful that you said that we're we're developing others through this process and we're also developing them to be able to develop others. So we're creating leaders who can create leaders. And as that cycle perpetuates, it's no wonder why any business, any family, any organization would be really, really, really successful. Great stuff. Great stuff. So I hear now your son Ryan is selling Cutco, right? Yeah, we encourage that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What can you say about his experience so far? Well, very positive. We had talked about it for the last couple of years, and we just really knew what it did for us and overcoming those limitations that we have and him recognizing the areas he wanted to improve upon saw Vector as a vehicle in which he could gain confidence personal inner uh, development skills. And that's really what has helped him. He struggled too with being very shy. And this has helped him really push to a different level and taste that success. And he's been thriving with it. So it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. And he's working with Mike Abramowitz? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great guy to be able to work with for sure. And is Ryan doing most of his work virtually or is he doing some in person? Like, what are you guys observing? 100% virtual. So it's different for us. So I have really been very intentional from day one to stay completely out of it. And he's asked for feedback. And so we've done some role playing and things like that. But it's really a different presentation than it was for for us. You know, we were right there. We had to drive to the people's houses. And so so his is all virtual. And that's why we have, you know, the virtual office here with all the Cutco. So he can have this space to make the appointments. And so that's been, it's been a learning experience for us too, to see the different dynamics of how how you sell when people don't, you know, because Cutco is so unique and that the handle and the cutting and everything to have that personal experience. Now he has had personally all of his life using the Cutco knives to know what they do and and so forth. Ryan thinks everybody has a set of Cutco knives because he grew up with them. (laughs) He doesn't know what a bad knife is. He doesn't know what a bad knife is. He doesn't know what a bad bad fishing knife is because he's had different fishing knives over the years, but So it's just been fun to watch him come into his own and do it his own way and really just stay out of it to be a supportive role, but really let him navigate this journey on his own, but yet be there to, to help him. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's having fun in all fairness to Ryan. We knew at the beginning, he also is in both of our twins are in the home building like path. And so they already had an internship with a home builder, a large home builder here in the Tampa Bay area. So he knew that going into Cutco, that he was only going to have a short window to really be full-time presenting for Cutco. And then the rest of the time would just be, because he's a full-time job with in the home building, learning the finance and, and so forth with an internship with them. So his is a now a little different dynamic where he's learning to juggle time management in a whole new way. So excellent. 
Cool. Well, it's great to see that uh, he's doing well and that he's learning some good things from it. That will hopefully set him on a a career path similar to yours down the road. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I've always called them my property brothers because one was Ryan's always been more of the sales and Drew's the construction management guy. So it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. Yeah, Dan, our our intent with doing both things is really just creating the foundation for them to excel and to to move forward. So you know that's our heart on that and give them give them the skills and you know I like to tell them is you know you're going to have to learn to ring the bell and ring the bell is being responsible you make a commitment stick to it and really being person being responsible to the people you've made commitments to and, and they just finished their freshman year in school and hopefully we're we're helping them establish that foundation for future success nice and where do they go to school Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers Florida Florida Gulf Coast. Are they the Eagles? Yes, they yeah. are. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is it's, it's not like the college in Michigan where I had to tread through the snow in January and February. I mean, it's, it's like a resort to drive onto their campus. And I'm like, man, where was this? Well, how come I didn't know about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea if you guys follow college basketball, but a few years ago, Florida Gulf Coast made the Sweet 16. Yeah. They won two games, I think. And uh, I actually bought a shirt that says Upset City. It has Florida Gulf Coast on it. So I'm, I am the owner of a Florida Gulf Coast t-shirt, what? by the way. <laughs> anyway. And yeah. I'm excited about being able to work Cutco throughout the school year. So that flexibility. And uh, so I know he's excited. And being virtual gives him that great opportunity that he can continue to go in that lane and not have to know all these different people in the school where he's at. So it's good. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Great to hear. And so now, Lori, you're running your own podcast called Created to Thrive. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, so many people are looking for meaning and significance. And this is an opportunity to help people grow deeper in their faith, discover their value and purpose so they can thrive in relationships and business, really in every aspect of life. And Fred joins me occasionally, well, quite often. So we have conversations just to really help people transform their lives as well. Because I was also a kitchen designer and a renovation consultant. So I've worn a lot of hats when, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. So I, I wore, I trained my boys. That was my number one job, but we've been renovating homes and helping other people do it. So I've taken those concepts, kind of like the vector training program, as well as transforming houses to help people transform their lives. I've been mentoring and coaching women for over 15 years. So the podcast is really a way to reach a lot of people to help them grow in their faith, understand that value and be able to apply it to their life. Excellent. And how can people find it or find you if they want to follow you? So podcast is created to thrive podcast. So it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really every major platform. I do have a website and that's lauriksnyder.com and it's L-O-R-I letter K-S-N-Y-D-E-R.com. And I do uh, mentoring, I do coaching one-on-one and I'm developing some courses. I do event speaking. I do a lot of different things. And really that's where Vector helped me come out of my shyness to be able to speak to large groups of people. You know, I've spoken to 500 people and it's no big deal. So it's actually more intimidating speaking on a podcast than it is. 
is to large groups of people now. That's ironic, but yeah. So awesome. Well, and your your work is largely faith based, and I think that the last couple of years have been really hard for a lot of people. Life's hard already, right? But it's only been made more difficult in the last couple of years. And, and I think that when life's difficulties rear their head in for most people, there can be a lot who question their faith and who question God, right? And, you know, I even heard somebody say to me after in the wake of the Uvalde shootings, like, you know, if there was a God, how could this happen? I would love to give you a chance just to share a message to people who you feel uh, have had their faith waver through the ups and downs that, uh, that have happened in their lives. I would say, first of all, that God is real and wants a personal, deep relationship with you, that he created you to have that relationship. It's not about going to church or doing all of the disciplines. It's about that deep personal relationship. And there is hope and healing despite a situation. Let me just give you our brief little testimony. In 2006, we separated and filed for divorce. And we had faith, but it really wasn't that important to us. And it really came down to where else are you going to go? What's going to help build that foundation for you? And really, that's when each of us found that deep inner personal relationship with with God to help us have that hope and to really start healing from the different traumas and different life situations that we go through. And that's when our lives dramatically changed. So that's where I would say anything is possible with God for those who believe and he meets you where you're at. And all you have to do is cry out to him and he loves you unconditionally and wants to make himself known to you in a very personal way. Hard to top that. We did not get divorced, by the way. Yeah, so. <laughs> clearly, clearly I can see. Yeah, but he did a miracle in our lives and healed, you know, bodies, healed our soul, healed just so much in our relationship. And we reconciled after six months and really built a marriage. So like I said, we've been transforming our life as well as other people's lives. And to see the benefit that our kids now have, you know, now that they're almost 20, to see that we did all of that hard work so that they would benefit and have a different life where they could thrive. So that's really the genesis of the creating to thrive because we lived one way and now we live another. So wherever people are at, there is hope and healing, no matter the situation, no matter how bleak it looks, God is right there with you. And if people need help with connecting with that, with God, that's where they can reach out to me because that's what I do. I help people connect on a deeper level with them. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's great. Well, as we wrap this up, our podcast theme is about changing lives. And I would love to hear, as you both look into your future, how you aspire to continue to change people's lives through the things that you do. Well, I think for me, I just really what I was sharing is I help transform people's lives, changing the lives by, I love to mine the golden people. And really, this is what came from my vector management training, seeing the potential in people and meeting people where they're at, but not leaving them there, helping them move forward to get unstuck, to become everything that they were created for and to really live their best life. 
Yeah, I take myself all the way back when I was that farm kid that came up and was shy and quiet. And I think Lori mentioned it, very little hope of, you know, I thought for the rest of my life, I was going to be building pole barns and houses. And yeah, my ideal for for the future and helping people is really to, to help them to see beyond with their current situation and see that they can do things that are far greater than what they even think possible. In a, in a management role, a mentor role, or leadership role, you know, I find that as part of my responsibility to help people, no matter who they are, whether somebody on the shop floor, whether it's a, a crew member on an installation crew, whether it's somebody knocking on my front door, I, I feel an opportunity, an opportunity to really to help somebody grow, help somebody develop. And it just, to me, it just doesn't matter. I've kind of came so far and I look at all the things that I've gone through and I look at all the people that have helped me. And I've looked at all the foundation that it took to establish that for me to get here. And you know, I just feel it's a responsibility for me to carry that forward and, and without return. I, I do it without any expectation on people to get anything back. I, I don't do it to get, I do it to give. And I think that's part of our, our makeup is that, you know, we live to give, we don't live to get. And the, the fruit of it is, is just abounds greatly in favor and in open doors. And it's not that we seek that. It's just that just happens to us because we're always constantly helping other people. I think that's the fruit. Our lives are the fruit of giving. And that's what I'd say is, is my hope and my future. Awesome. Very well said. I really appreciate it. Loved hearing all the stories you guys have. Loved all the lessons. Uh, this was really, really valuable. I know our audience is going to get a lot out of this conversation. I really appreciate you both making time for the podcast today. Thank you so much. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah, it really was Thank our you. pleasure. Thank you, Dean. We love Vector. We love Cutco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. That was awesome. I want to thank Mike Abramowitz for this fantastic introduction to Lori and Fred Snyder. What a great conversation. And I just really enjoyed meeting them and getting to know them in this way. Pretty cool to hear how they had similar starts with Cutco in that they both needed to overcome some shyness and gain in communication skills. And both of them were able to do that very well. And what a great legion of amazing people that Lori got to work with in those early days from Joe Cardillo to Amar Dave to Jeff Kunkel, even Larry Manley, she mentioned later that she had a chance to work with and get to know during her time in the Cutco business. Fred used the words self-revelation to describe his Cutco Vector experience. And that's something that I've told people many times is that working in Vector exposes people, exposes many good things about us, but also exposes many important learning opportunities where we must grow and develop if we want to be able to achieve the success that we all aspire to down the road. And it's so much more powerful to have that self-revelation occur when you're 19 years old than it is to wait until you're into your 30s, part of the way into a struggling career, wondering why you're not achieving what other people are achieving. Well, Cutco Vector can help set you on that amazing path. Lori's talked about learning to create something from nothing, and that helped her during numerous moves. Along the way, she also stressed that you can bring aspects of the culture to wherever you go. And Fred underscored that as well. 
Fred's career went from pounding nails into sales to sales management to operations and then to an executive role. And along the way, using skills like product knowledge, a customer first mentality, trust and empowerment as a leader, all of the great things that he talked about, things that, again, the seeds were planted during their Cutco Vector careers. Now, Lori is is attempting to bring more meaning and significance to people in terms of their relationship with God. If that is something that inspires you or interests you, you can listen to Lori's podcast, Created to Thrive, or find her at lauriksnyder.com. We'll link to that in our show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. I just want to leave you with this question based on something that Fred said. As you look at your career, as you look at your life, are you looking to get in the things that you're doing? Is it what's in it for me? Or are you looking to give? If you are looking to give, to add value, to contribute to everyone around you, everywhere you go, the thing that happens is that you end up getting a whole lot in your life because you are creating so much value around you. Consider that mentality in everything that you do. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Lori and Fred Snyder today. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.